Alrighty, gentlemen, it looks like the secondary recording. Okay, well, at least now the secondary recording is happening. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for rejoining us here. And thank you, listeners, if you're listening to this and it's actually aired. This is our bonus episode following up on the episode with the Rogue Valley Rose broadcaster, Sam Maluth. Sam, welcome back to this bonus unedited episode. Thank you. I'm very excited for this portion as well. Yeah, this is the one that we had to extend to for uh, for Steve because Steve was getting into the uh, nitty gritty details of uh, uh, broadcaster bias, which FYI, since this is a non-edited portion, try not to say stuff I actually have to edit out. (laughs) (laughs) You can cuss. Feel free. But what I mean is just like call up Boston because no one can handle it. Was that a note for me or for Steve? It's always, a, it's always a no for me. Chris well, the thing is, you can always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's why that's why I reason I listen to this stuff before because I've done edited again. I've done these non-edited ones where I've had players or coaches or anyone on, and uh, I have, I've had to reach back to someone. Are you sure you want this part in there? And they'll come back to like, ooh, no, that's a systems thing. Cut it out. I'm like, that's what I thought. Like even stuff like that, it might not be something negative, but it could be a, something you don't want out there. You don't want to give away. Like a player saying, "Yo, this is definitely my weak spot." It's like, well, you're, <laughs> you know, you don't want your opponents listening and knowing that. So I'm just gonna cut it for you. I'm not even gonna ask your permission. Um, <laughs> so but, on this uh, one, yeah. though, Sam, um, I want to get back to it. Like that whole um, bias. In, well, bias, but the other part is, like I said, for me. As a fan watching the game, if the team's putting in an effort, right, and it's a good, strong effort, I'm never really that upset, right? You know, if a mistake happens in the game, I'm not going to call it a player just on a mistake because it happens, right? These guys that expect pro athletes because they're getting paid a certain amount of money not to make a mistake, it's going to happen, right? Um, you know, um, but, Nick, for example, Last season, you know, and I'm I, I'm a, I was a big fan of Jeff Petrie, like really loved him as a player. Um, but then last year he phoned it in, and there was a lot of good reasons behind it. Like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, it's with COVID and his wife and his and him being American, being limited in Canada with travel. I get it, you know, I totally got it. Like, if your wife is that miserable and happy and wants to move back away so she can be closer to family and friends, I get it, you know. Um, but at the same time, you're a professional athlete, right? When you hit the ice, everything is about the team and what you're doing there. And, and he just phoned it in and I called them out on it. Like, finally, it was like, that's enough. I can see you don't care anymore. Like you just don't care. You've got an A on your Jersey. Get that off your Jersey. If that's what you're going to do. Like he just let the season go. And then when we got a coaching change, I got it. Like all of a sudden St. Louis interjected all this energy and they started playing better and he was back. But for me, it was really bothersome, you know, due to the fact that, you know, you're a pro athlete. You just kind of phoned it in. How, you know, when you're announcing, when you see that lack of effort coming on in, you know, how do you call the game or, you know, what's your approach when that happens? You know, it's interesting because, I think it depends on the level of, you know, what level of hockey or just generally sports that you're announcing. So it's like, you know, when you're calling an NHL game, I think it's fair to criticize 
you know, a lack of effort from any number of players on your on your team. I know that sometimes fans don't like to hear it on the broadcast, but I think that that's something that can be necessary at times. But for specifically for what we do here at the USPHL, I just think like we at the end of the day, we remember that these are kids, you know, Mm -hmm. these are kids here to have fun, here to get get better, maybe get noticed ideally by a team. And I think that that's something that, you know, as a broadcaster, we try to remember that at all times. And I think that we we know how important our word can be for these kids. So I think that we, you know, it's a very delicate balance. We don't criticize. We just kind of like kind of hint at something that like we would like to see blah, 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 do better, you know, um, like it's, it's a very delicate line. It's, it's, it's hard to figure out sometimes, but I think as the season's gone along, we've gotten better at it. And I know that, you know, up and down the Royals lineup, we like, we love all the players and, you know, we get to see them on a, on a game to game basis. Like we enjoy we don't have anything against these kids ever. Like there's never, there's never been a reason for that. So, you know, it's, it's a little more difficult at this level. And I think that I'm okay with, you know, not really trying to focus on that aspect of play by play. I think that's a good point to bring up. Cause that's one thing, uh, Steve and I talked about when we started shifting the, the focus of this podcast and, to kind of the junior hockey realm and then more even keen on the USPHL um, was if they were pro players, we have no problem for the most part within reason, putting them on blast. They're professional players making money to play hockey. And therefore we have the right to critique them again within reason. Um, but when it came to junior hockey players, um, we could, see like uh, especially if we're critiquing a play um you know we could say okay well the defense here you know crapped it and it'd be like yeah well people can rewatch the video if they want they can figure out who the defenders are but we're not going to call them out on the podcast we're going to just call out the 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 players that made the positive impact that made that goal that made that save that made that really smart four check or back check um but we're not going to call out the player that literally what the hell were you thinking moment and really cause a whole downfall of that play. Um, the coach probably has already done it. <laughs> so uh, that's what the coach is for. That's what the coaching staff is for, for those education moments. Uh, that's not necessarily for like broadcasters or um, or podcasters or whatever. And I, that's like, I know that, you know, we're talking about broadcasters and, I definitely have some favorites around the USPHL and it's really exciting listening to you guys in Rogue Valley. Uh, I always know I'm going to get excited over plays that sometimes aren't even that exciting just because of the tone of your, uh, of your sidekick there. And, um, (laughs) you know, and then there's other games where I know no matter how exciting the play is, it's going to be the same flat line call. Um, And then there's other broadcasters where the bias is Boston level and it's really, really hard to listen to those broadcasters. Um, and I've heard broadcasters outright say things that I'm like, and contacting the league. Can't say that about a kid. 
know, it's like there, there's a line and you cross that line. Um, and again, but again, with these broadcasters, it becomes personal with you guys. You get to know the players, you get to know them well. Um, and when you see an opposing player, you know, do something maybe you don't like, you're like, oh, that's, you know, complete garbage, you know, or this kid is this. And it's like, well, we can't say that. Uh, again, I watch, I do a lot of things during these games sometimes. Um, and that's why if uh, if our listeners recognize from a couple podcasts ago, I have to tune down how much hockey I'm watching just to reenter the, the regular world. Um, and so I'm just kind of going down to like, uh, well, originally just going down to tier three junior hockey in the West, but I'm really just going to tune that down to USPHL hockey in the West. Um, again, even just trying to, to get in there with the NA3HL and just watch those games. It was just, it's too much. So anybody listening from the NA3HL Frontier Division that wants a regular spot on this podcast and talk about what's happening in Frontier, reach out. And that applies for any junior hockey league anywhere. It doesn't have to be the Frontier. It could be the EOJHL people. I don't care. Reach out if you want a regular spot on here and, and kind of give us an update on how your league is doing on a month-to-month basis. We'd be very excited to have kind of correspondence out there. I really appreciate the opportunity that I've been given to to do this broadcasting, to, to experience a different level of athletics that I had never seen before. You know, like I I had done I had done college sports a little bit. Um, I did a few Division One basketball games and baseball games, um, but that was that was it. I had never done junior hockey, and junior hockey is a different a different thing to experience because we know how passionate not only that the players are, but that their families are as well. And so we love it when we get feedback from those families of like, Hey, we love hearing what you say about our son. You know, we love the nickname you've given him, yada, yada, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is important. I think that's one thing that I, I, probably grown to enjoy more um about covering um basically the USPHL western teams this year um and even then like we we covered the EOJHL the NOL uh portions of the EHL and the HLP um is that it means so much more to the players at this level uh to just get that recognition to and to know that people are watching them and uh and then the family members like I always notice when I get new followers on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, and I always just do a quick look, like, and I look and I'm like, oop, last name matches. Okay, now I got probably brother, sister, you know, friend, girlfriend following uh, from, you know, player X. And I'm like, it because it means so much more to them. If it's, uh, you know, I'm a huge Sabres fan. I love my caps. Um and, you know, obviously, if anyone's listened to this podcast ever, they know Steve is a huge Habs fan that lives in Arizona. Um, you know, our Sebastian, definitely passionate about his Senators. And uh, and Ben is, you know, very passionate about his Caps and his Sharks. And Michelle, so much so about her Colorado Avalanche that she had her own episode this summer after they won the Cup. So, wow. yeah, it was, uh, well, if your, team, if your team wins the Cup, you just – you get an episode where you can just talk about it and she that got that. And, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. If the Sabres do that, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared in 2046, 
I'm going to have that episode. Um, Chris, Chris wouldn't grant me the episode though for when my Habs made it to the the Stanley Cup Finals. He uh, would not allow me to jump in for that. Oh one. no, I totally gave you a whole episode. I gave you the whole you? episode. Oh my God, do you not remember? Do you? Oh, dude, I don't. I don't remember what I had. Dude, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> you definitely, you def- oh, of course, you had to win the cup in order to get the full episode to talk about the Habs. But you had a, you had the Habs moment during the Stanley Cup Finals after the Shifley hit, where the whole episode oh, yeah. was you just going off. It was oh yeah, amazing. because it was such a dirty hit. You can't. Nick, I had beep, I had to like, I had the beat button like loaded. For oh that. that's right, because I told you to get ready for it, because the F yeah. bombs were just flowing. <laughs> they were just a flowing, because there was still like talk about bush league. But um, yeah, the uh, yeah, he would have heard my whole rant about 17 million over the cap. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so let's talk since you're a Sharks fan. Um you know, about the Sharks team, you know, um, you know, I, they drove me nuts. I went to that, uh, which by the way, um, home games in San Jose, love it. I went to watch my Habs play there and stayed in the same hotel as the Habs. So it was a great experience that way. Got uh, Carrie Price, got to see me hung over in the morning, getting ready to check out. <laughs> um, and the reason why there was so much drinking, because I'm the type of play type of person, like I want to remember everything at a game. But I knew Montreal's record in that building, and we finally snapped that record last year. We could not beat San Jose in San Jose. We just couldn't do it. They're just one of those teams, too, that always gives us a hard time. Like, you guys could be slumping, and the way to get out of that slump, well, play the hats. You guys will do better. Um, but I got ways. We got destroyed. I think at the end of that first period, it was something like 3 nothing, and there was a really bad goal that went in. I'm like, well, oh, beers are going to be flowing in Steve tonight. But great setup. Love the restaurant setup and walking down to the arena. You know, it was uh, was a lot of fun. But you had some, you know, great names on, you know, that played through San Jose throughout the years. I am a Jumbo Joe fan. Um, Really liked him, even though he jumped on the Leafs for a short stint. Um, Who who are your most some of your most favorable, uh, you know, uh, or some of your favorite San Jose Sharks from the past? Yeah, I mean, Joe Pavelski was absolutely my favorite for the longest time. Um, brutal, brutal, brutal that they let him go. But anyway, <laughs> and, but like the, you know, it was for a couple of different reasons. Um, you know, partly it was because he's American and like I love seeing him on the national team and mm-hmm. partly because you guys can't see me, but I'm not exactly the tallest person. So it was nice to see a guy who was like, a smaller guy, but was able to still make a huge impact no matter what, no matter where he was on the ice. Um, so I loved watching him for a long time. Um, Patrick Marlowe was unbelievable. Joe Thornton, best, maybe the best passer, one of the best passers in NHL history. Um, I love Dan Boyle and Jonathan Chichu. And uh, Devin Setaguchi was kind of that like, grit grind guy who he just had a nose for the puck and would always score and clutch moments you know um and then like in terms of the newer newer era you know Tomas Hurdle is a was such a fun has been such a fun player to watch Brent oh, Burns was, gotta love okay going back to Tomas Hurdle yeah just a guy that seems to love the game love the fans love the place like he's 
You know, I remember also that comment made by Jumbo Joe when, uh, you know, Hurdle got that hat trick in his little celly, and that was kind of a classic Jumbo Joe comment, which I won't repeat, but it was awesome because it should never have even made it out, you know, onto the, uh, you know, it shouldn't have made it out to the mainstream because he was doing something in confidence, right? But yeah. just, just the energy he brings because he seems to really, really love, you know, love the sport, loves to play. You know, and, you know, he's one of those exciting players. Like I, another player I like to watch uh, play. You know what I liked uh, that just happened was the Timo Meyer fight. Did you expect big bombs from uh, uh, Meyer on that one? You know, it's funny. I um, I didn't get to watch it, but I did hear about him fighting. I was like, that's not that's not like Timo, but I'll definitely have to <laughs> have to check the play. That's unbelievable. Go hear. watch it because, you know, and again, you know, it's the players you don't expect, you know, um, because back when Kakaniemi was a hab, back before he pouted and left our team, um, he got into a fight and nobody expected him to throw the bombs like he could. So when Meyer stepped on up and I was watching this, I'm like, ah, oh, when in doubt he's going to come with a lot of that Finnish energy. And he chucked them pretty darn well. I was impressed. You know, uh, that should up his trade stock, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and also is this right now, you're watching your team, you know, that went through, because we talked about this before, you know, we probably had a full episode before we even started the partial rebuild. Now you're watching the full rebuild start here. Who are some of the players that are now on your roster that you really do not want to see get dealt away? Man. I mean, to be honest, the list is not very long. Um, I mean, Mario Ferraro back on the D line. I think that he, you know, he had a better season last year. I think he's dealt with like a little bit of injuries maybe this year, but um, I think that he could certainly be a top four D man going forward. Um, I mean, I don't want to lose Meyer, but at the same time, I'm not sure that we can even afford to pay him what might happen in the off season. So I'm not entirely sure what the Sharks want to do. Um, we don't. We just don't have enough offense up and down the lineup to really be able to afford to just be like, yeah, we'll just let him go. So I'm not really sure what they want to do. Um, you know, Hurdle Hurdle's the kind of guy that I still love his energy. He is like slightly getting up there in age, but I think that he'll probably stick around for a while. I mean, he's actually just signed into a long extension, but. Um, you know, I'm just not sure that Couture has a ton left in the tank. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some more prospects, you know, come up at some point. I'm not sure exactly that I have any names off the top of my head. Um, we didn't see much of William Eklund last year, but, you know, he's got he's got time to to figure it out. Um, man, I'm just looking at the lineup right now. and It's like, goodness, who who is a keeper? Almost nobody. Um, like I like James Reimer he's not having the best season but I like I like having him I like to see Kakinen develop more because he's younger than Reimer by almost a decade and it'd be nice if we could have a goalie of the future Um, I know that Scott Harrington's having a better season than or excuse me Matt Benning's having a better season than I think we expected um Nico Sturm has about a dozen goals. I didn't I didn't know that he was going to score that much. Um, Thomas Bordalo is still sitting in the minors, and I'm not really sure when we're going to bring him up, 
if at all. So, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of there's a a huge number of question marks around the Sharks. And I think that the only good news is that I want to say that we have our first round pick this year after not having them the past few years due to the Eric Carlson trade. So I don't know what the future of this team looks like, but it just feels like a giant question mark up and down the lineup. No, it hurts when you dump off those first rounders, right? So, um, you know, so yeah, I get it. Like Leafs nation, (laughs) you know, the thing is I can admit about the Toronto Maple Leafs team, tons of talent. I just always question the heart, you know, that heart level. Right. And, that's just, you know, that intangible, you know, some of those players that constantly find themselves, you know, in deep playoff runs, you know, you've got to get some more of those players on your team, right? Just the people that know how to flip that switch and go. Um, my abs right now, I'm expecting to see a lot of movement. There's just players that I don't want to see go, but, you know, you get attached to them. Like, I would never want to see Brendan Gallagher go, but it may end up happening. Because um, lots of teams could use. Like, what could a Leafs use? They could use a Gallagher. They sure could. A lot of teams could use that, you know. Yeah, that just pretty high. Yeah, it's just that energy he brings every single game, right? And he doesn't quit. He gets bashed. He gets up. He smiles. He brings it. And, um, you know, that's my only criticism of Leafs. They don't have a lot of that. They've got a lot of skill, just that heart and drive portion of it right um you know uh, as a pure hockey fan looking at chris's buffalo sabers they're stacked pretty damn well right now um like we've had a discussion it's this you know for me for them it's as soon as they get the goaltending and you know really solidified then you know that team's going to take that next step he's got a few questions on defense about shoring it up but i'm sure they can yeah, there's enough teams where they can make trades to to help with that d um but uh, no, back to, you know, the broadcasting part, because it's it's interesting, because like I said, there's some broadcasters I just love and, you know, love the energy they bring to it on your team right now. Is there a certain players that you can't wait for them to hit the ice because, you know, you've got a good hunch that they're going to be doing something big like who right now? Um, you know, it's not that I don't want to sing the low because if it's not a good question for you, like definitely walk away from it. But is there somebody that you look forward to watching them play every single game you can't wait to announce? And we're talking about the Royals, of course, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100% Royals. Yeah, yeah we're going to your team. I wasn't sure for a second if this was the Sharks. Um, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different exciting players, but I know that, you know, a couple big names on our offense is Scott Vanderhoff and Tyler Hansen. And, you know, Vanderhoff has 28 goals on the season right now. And he didn't even start the team with the season, uh, excuse me, start the season with the team. He was actually somebody that we brought in in like the fifth game um, with some good recruiting from our coach. And he's just taken off offensively and scored a lot of power play goals and whatnot. And I just think that he brings he brings the energy to the offense that was desperately was was needed earlier in the season and Tyler Hansen specifically just because he can do he can do almost anything um on the ice and including you know that goal that I sent to uh I think Chris um that we were talking about about a month or so ago when uh he took the puck 
I mean, I guess it's not 200 feet. I don't know how long the, the ice is, but he took the puck from end to end and scored a, and went through the whole defense and scored an unbelievable goal against Rock Springs last month. And it's just like, that's the kind of thing that he could do any game. I mean, like I mentioned on the, on the previous episode, you know, he had a three goal, three assist game. He had a different game where he scored four goals. Like he's just, he's had so many games like that, that it's hard not to be excited when he steps on the ice. That's awesome. Again, you know, we all have that on our teams, those people that you just can't wait to step on the ice because they make something happen. Right. Um, You know, for me right now with, I have to go back to the pros, like when Arbor Jack guy is playing for the Canadians right now, um, just because it's a really cool story for that kid. um, You know, I like watching him on the ice because he's not, He's, you know, he can, he can stick him. His skating will get better. That's the one area he needs to improve on, but he makes pretty good decisions with the puck. You know, a rookie out there, he's fighting the big boys out there. You know, they can throw him in a power play because he's got one of those sneaky wristers that just happens to find a net, right? So he's one that I'm always psyched about. And then for me, Caulfield and Suzuki, anytime they're on the ice together, you know, Suzuki just, what vision you know, for some of his passing and then Caulfield is Caulfield, right? Just that energy he has too, that he brings all the time. Um, I know Chris hates watching that Tage Thompson bomb that should have been traded for the fifth round pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I was gonna uh, really quick. It, it's, it's rough having to deal with him game in and game out. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, was going to so- also send you over that. I was looking for, um, the goal he was talking about i have it i'm just looking for your looking for your twitter man why are your twitter messages so buried on my twitter it's just it's, it's the best way for us starting a podcast for me to send otherwise it's just to the whole group here i'll just try to search for you but i'm going to send you the goal he's talking about because it's one of our top five well i'll tell you right now it's in the top it's five of our script. goals of the year so far oh wow yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was it was unreal um really quick i was just going to mention since you brought up suzuki uh i appreciate the fact that you guys stole him from vegas so now i don't have to see him in my division for the rest of <laughs> well okay so that one is just you know a mind blower you know and going back you know my, my team's always filled with drama right just because it's montreal and you have the you have the french issue which you know i'm a french canadian and my my stance with that always was like I don't care which language the coach speaks I want results, you know. Yeah. And there there was an arrogance that came with the Canadians, right? It was well we're Montreal, they're just going to win because they're in Montreal. Our player development sucked for I don't know how many years. Um, and every GM gets you know I don't know one GM so far that's just constantly fleece some you know other teams without making a mistake. You know going back to the Jonathan Drouin for Sergeyev trade. Yeah, now it looks bad. But at the time, we needed offense. Duran wasn't happy, and that kid had a set of mitts on him. And, um, you know, mental health-wise, you know, I wish him all the best because that's something that definitely did plague him his entire career. And then untimely injuries now, right? Um, A couple wrist injuries for a guy that dangles. That's tough, tough to come back from. But you go back and you look at the Pacioretty trade, right? (laughs) You know, Thomas Tatar got flipped. I don't know how many times I can watch the path of it, you know, with how that trade progressed to us getting better players. But Suzuki thrown in that was just unbelievable. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, 
And you know, for the Golden Knights, I think if it was, if I was, if I remember, it was it was it Cody Glass that was on them. Is that was was that their other high prospect? Yeah. Um, um, so I think I think that's who it was. And the Habs were asking for him at first, and they said no, and they threw in Suzuki, and we took him. Wow, just how sometimes wow. that works out too, right? Like, yeah. It's like you know, can you imagine the Golden Knights if they had Suzuki still on that squad? It would be upsetting. Uh, that way yeah they like to me like he's just at that whole other level where you know again you you, you know you don't need to bring in the jack eichel in my opinion at that point um but anyway hey, thank uh, you for not only tuck but krebs i mean that was a great deal for us oh that was geez. a great deal for us. yeah i mean the, the one thing is we do have to get sebastian on with uh with sam here um but sebastian will start poking the bear on that trade um the carlson trade uh, that really <laughs> Like I said, with with you guys finally going back to having like first round picks and everything, that's great. But I mean, the, what that's delivered to Ottawa has just been incredible. The return on that trade has been incredible for Ottawa, which is unfortunate for me as a Sabres fan. <laughs> well, I was gonna say go, go ahead, Sam. I was gonna say earlier. I mean, if you guys want to have me back at some point, I'd be honored. But I also would say. If the Sharks do win the Cup, no matter what year it is, I would be happy to come back uh, and uh, and do. It. <laughs> you'll get your you'll get your full hour. <laughs> yeah, it might be twenty eighty by then. But, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm hoping the Sabers will have their first one here in the next. Well, before I die, let's just put it there. I just want one. Literally, I just want one, and I can't well, even go over the fact that the Bills just fell to the Bengals. Uh, anyway, can't get into it. Uh, but Steve, I did send you that uh, video. You can put sound on, go for it. But this is the uh, the Hanson goal from 10 December. Okay, let me see. Did you send it to? Okay, there's the video. Okay, there we go. Okay. Oh, nice dangle, nice finish. You know what's interesting here though too. Okay, so the one thing I will point out, okay, and I'm not going to throw out names here, but the guy that's skating behind him originally in the neutral zone, talk about giving up on a play. <laughs> so not taking any way from your guy scoring the goal, right? He's tearing it up end to end. But my goodness, what a lackluster back check. Um, man, you got to put the effort in there. And again, you know, he could have been gassed because I don't see the whole play, right? He could have been just totally out of gas. But when you see a guy ripping up the ice, do something to slow him down. But here he goes, just walks through the two defenders. And nice effort by that goalie, but he stretched the crap out of him. Yeah. Nice, solid goal. Got to love an end-to-end rush like that. And, yeah, the the announcing there was terrible. No excitement at all. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's all Kyle. That's, uh, that's Yeah, yeah that, it was, and that's a goal that. Oh, gosh, you know, that's one of your favorite ones to always go back and watch or something like that. Again, I wasn't taken away by pointing that one out, but if I was attending on my team, I'm skating over to my bench after going, dude. <laughs> oh, well, honestly, if you watch my highlight video mm-hmm. uh, from this week on Insta uh, where I just highlighted Thursdays and Fridays action, uh, I think you can almost see the first video where the second after the goalie makes a save, he's having a little discussion with his defenseman right there. Uh, <laughs> pretty noticeable as a goalie. If, if Once you watch the whole play, I'm like, yeah, I know what he's saying right there. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, and then honestly, feeling for broadcasters too, since we did just finish up the broadcaster episode, so to speak. Oh, the boys in Long Beach, they were putting up with some air horns this weekend, and you could hear the frustration grow <laughs> and grow. And it was growing with them because honestly, it was like that. Uh, what was it the South Africa? Was it oh, the, the South Africa where they? Yeah. Oh, it felt like that this this whole series. Uh, who is Long Beach hosting? Uh, Fresno, I want to say. If I'm wrong, sorry. Um, I have a short memory. Too many pucks at the head. But, but I do remember the air horns, and I could just – you can hear them just trying to make a call after, like, a save or after a goal, and it's just not stop. Me, me, me. And he's like, um. And <laughs> at one point, like, I think it was a second game because I don't think I watched the third one yet. Um, I think – the third one's next on my itinerary. Um, I had to go through the games one by one. But the, it was a second game where he's like, the other guy starts talking. He's like, I swear to. And you can hear him going off mic, but he's like, I swear to God. <laughs> like, you can see just, you can hear the frustration of them just trying to be broadcasters and these air horns just not stopping. Um, I but yeah, the broadcasters deal with a lot. Especially at these junior hockey games. I've, I don't know how many times this season already I've seen the broadcasters have to, like, step away from the mic temporarily to deal with a rowdy fan um, that's trying to get into the box or shouting some stuff into the box. I've seen some crazy stuff this year already. Uh, in every division, I have seen broadcasters have to jump off the mic. Um, you don't get to see it, but you definitely get to hear the interaction before you hear it cut. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh... Yeah, it's uh, – Sorry, I was just going to say that I, I'm, I'm grateful that I haven't had to deal with that yet, mostly because we're not near the fans. Like our, our broadcast okay. spot is the fans are on the opposite side from us. We're sitting on this like platform thing above the penalty box, basically, in between the benches. Yeah. Um, and I like the vantage point. Um, it's definitely cold up there, but uh, I it's kind of funny. Like so far this season, the only thing that's been difficult in sort of like that realm has been the fact that there's just been a few times where like for some reason the broadcast is just not happening on hockey tv like we got disconnected or you know something went wrong with with something related to that and i don't know it's just the platform has been a little frustrating to deal with at times but um certainly when the broadcast has you know stopped working and we're like i'm like panic calling the hockey tv to figure out what's going wrong and like there's like five of us that are trying to like figure out different things all at once so it's like it's like yeah in those moments you're like all right this is uh <laughs> this is this is a tough thing to deal with this is something that i did not expect to have to deal with today <laughs> yeah i can only imagine yeah, trying yeah, to, uh... to try to hold it together too um because i have a temper at the the uh, best of times <laughs> so I couldn't imagine because I always always do laugh too like when you see the live broadcasts on TV and you know, they've got you know they you know the intermission announcers sort of talking to each other right and you see everybody trying to jump on camera for their you know whole ten seconds of fame. Um, <laughs> I imagine that's annoying enough without somebody chirping you while you're trying to do your job or you know blasting an air horn. Um, yeah. yeah, I would have completely lost it by now. Um, so again, kudos to you and your ability to hold on. Uh, what were you going to add to that, Chris? Uh, I don't know already. 
I'm not really sure what I was going to add on there. That's the, uh, yeah, that's it. I got nothing to add on there. <laughs> I don't know. What, what was it, What was I talking about before I <laughs> before you jumped? Well, you were talking about that, you know, the the air horn thing the going air, on, and you know, and you know how that was revving on up. And it's what happens when you take too many pucks to the head, just so you know, Sam. It's um, true. Because I, I blanked on on that it, whole episode. We're having this discussion. <laughs> yeah, I want to go blanked out on a whole episode of me team. Well, I didn't blank out on that because as soon as you brought up Shifley's name, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly like you and uh, you and Sebastian were just ready for me to, to uh, go full out on that one. Um, but yeah, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when I brought up Brian Hayward earlier, you know, being a Habs fan, like anytime there's such biased announcing. And like I said, the CBC is bad enough now. TSN and SportsCenter are horrible um, because they're becoming so biased towards Leaf Nation. It's terrible. They get, you can't tune into TSN to watch anything because it's 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 Matthew. Now it's back to Marner. Like good for Marner for putting up the points because they wanted to drive him out of the out, out of the city two years ago, right? So now they're back in love with Marner. But my goodness, you know I I don't care what Austin Matthews had for lunch. Um, really don't. Um, there's a whole slew of other NHL teams out there that you can talk about. Um, you know, um, so that's why, like when people wonder why you end up detesting a team so much, the truth is, I don't think it really has to do with the player anymore. Um, you know, um, there's nobody on the Leafs team that I can go down the roster and say like, gosh, I can't stand them as a player. It's, uh, it's TSN and Sportsnet. <laughs> like it's a hundred percent that i'm like you wonder why why they're you know people are so grumpy they don't want to hear that crap anymore we want to hear about the game you know we want to hear some in-depth stuff right uh not this other fluff garbage um which was hilarious though because uh you know uh you don't know this but when uh my habs made their run a couple years ago and lost in the finals my wife and i went away on vacation uh, to Pine Top, Arizona, to escape the heat and go do some hiking with our kiddos. And when we left, it was 3-1 Leafs. And when uh, we went to come back, you know, <laughs> it was 4-3 Habs. Um, made for some awesome cottage time. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, really, really good times. Um, but uh, – I don't even know what my point is other than just to kind of laugh at that. But it, I think it would more had to do with the announcing again and then all the excuses that, you know, came with, you know, came after it. Right. Um, uh, you know, and, you know, from a Habs fan, you know, I still hear people saying stuff like we didn't deserve to get there. That always drives me nuts. You know, didn't deserve what we got there. <laughs> so who's anybody's opinion to say who should deserve to get there or not. Right. Um, yeah. You know, um, and I, I say that about any team, like, you know, like, was I pumped when it was, who was in the finals is Dallas stars where they ran in the gas. You could just see it. Who did they lose to? Yeah. They're the first ones to give the Tampa Bay lightning their cup. Right. I didn't yeah. say the yeah, stars. Tampa didn't deserve, beat Dallas, right? Yeah. And they just were, they were gassed out. You could see it. Right. And it's not a bash to that team. Like, gosh, it's such a hard, hard trophy to win. You know, it's not that I say, wouldn't say they didn't deserve to be there. My thing was I wasn't just ex- that excited to see them be there. There's a huge difference. 
Right. And that's where, you know, this bias stuff comes in. Like, you know, if you're calling the game, you're doing a great job of calling the game. Awesome. That's all I want to all I want. Right. And any other little interjections, because, you know, again, like if you have this small bias of, you know, a player better and you can need, you know, you can talk about more details. Yeah. Throw that in. That doesn't throw me off at all. Like my mine are the. The worst ones are penalty calls, you know, and trying to justify that something wasn't a penalty. Like, uh, I'll throw this guy out here. I think it's James Houston. I think that's his name for Sportsnet. My goodness, uh, Matheson for the Habs was breaking on in. They could have called two interference calls against the Leafs, but they called something against Matheson. I went, okay, hold on, hold on. The guy got hooked, held, and knocked down at the ice as he was trying to split two guys. So I'm not understanding the call against him, and Houston's justifying it. I'm just... You know, my wife's hearing the expletives going towards the TV at that point. But then something happened in the Hab zone, and he tried to bring it up again, like, well, the Leafs got a penalty, but we could do the same thing again where you took the Habs player off for this. I'm like, oh, God, buddy. Oh, God. Come on. You know, just like I said earlier, throw that Leaf jersey on and just say, hey, I'm all pro Leafs. Every other team doesn't matter. Then I can at least respect you for it, right? But when you're just making such bias calling, just – just stop. I want to hear the game get called. I want to hear it with passion, right? And for both sides of the team, because, you know, going back to the Sam, if another team gets a really incredible goal, you know, how do you call it? Like, and, and again, like if yours was like the deflated, like, oh man, that was such a good goal that took the wind out of our sails. Yeah, I get it, right? Because if your team was playing really well, clawing back in and somebody gets a big goal, I understand that. But how is how is your announcing? Because I know you you said your your partner in the booth does more of the excitement calls. But how do you call it when another another team makes a great play, great save, or a great goal? Also, See, Sam, if you have to go at any point, just let us know. <laughs> I, got, I got you. Yeah. I might okay. I might have to go, but I'm gonna I like this question, so I'm gonna I'll take this one and then we'll see. But I um, it's funny. So when we played. I don't know if you've been following uh, Vernal and how they've been doing this season, but that team is just unreal, like the talent that they have. And, you know, I'm not even sure if they've lost a game at this point. So um, they, when we played them at home earlier in the season, there were a couple of blowouts. There was actually one game where we, we went toe-to-toe with them, and we, we really could have won that game, which would have been unbelievable at this point, like looking back on it now, but you know, there was just times throughout that series where like, it's, it's very easy to just be in awe of these kids and the talent level that they have. Um, even if it's the opposing team, like I know specifically for me during, during those two blowouts, you know, at times it was tough, but at times I was just like, man, Bartakovic's, who's now one who's one of the league uh the USPHL's leading scorers. Bartakovic's has just unbelievable skill, his stick handling, like all of that. And just it's not that hard to say that on the broadcast. I know that, you know, there's times where maybe the hometown team doesn't want to hear it, but like it's hard not to just be like, yeah, that kid is unreal and I I have to give him props because what he's doing on the ice is just incredible. You know, he's tearing our team apart, apart and it doesn't feel good ever, but the skill that he's displaying is is something that I could still watch and it wouldn't be unenjoyable. 
<laughs> if people are watching um, the USPHL uh, Premier Division um, on hockey TV, generally speaking, they, they could just be, you know, fans like me. Or they could be family members, out-of-town fans. Um, if you're in Rogue Valley, get out there to Medford, get to the games. But Absolutely. if you're not able to make it to the games, you can watch it on hockey TV. And there's a lot of family members. And that's one thing that always bothers me at the camera work, uh, which I will call out all the time. If the opposing team scores a goal, don't pull the camera back to the center of the ice because you can't handle it. I know a lot of different people operate these cameras. But that's taken a moment away from those family members, those friends, the opposing fans that can't be at that rink. And when you have a broadcaster that's able to be able to be that non-biased and recognize about is incredibly talented. And I think he's now also NCDC commit to Provo for next year. Um as Provo moves up to the tier two NCDC next year. And uh, yeah, it's being able to recognize that talent and always not be so, because again, there's a couple of the broadcasters in the USPHL where they just, they couldn't feed a compliment to the opposing team to save their lives. Um, they are so unbelievably biased to their own teams that it's hard to listen to them. I'd rather listen to them than, Silence, because I've seen a lot of games where they weren't able to get a broadcast, and I think all 18 teams now have one. Um, thank God, because I think Rock Springs was the last one to get one. Uh, the first month or so of watching Rock Springs games were pretty brutal, um, so really like their new broadcaster. And uh, I tell you, it's uh, it's nice to have a broadcaster that's able to give props to the opposing uh, teams and there's broadcasters that are really good at that in the USPHL and there's there's broadcasters where I'm like well it's it's game X I have to watch it here we go you know and you know if they're playing a specific one or two teams that it's even going to be worse um, they hate everyone but if it's one of their main rivals well you're not going to hear anything good um, yeah and uh, they can call a good game sometimes but then they're their personal biases come out so deeply that you're like, how old are you? You're like forties or fifties. Yeah. And yet, okay. You know, he's a high school student, but I'm sure, I'm sure you can say that on the air. So go for it, you know, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, the good broadcasters versus the, uh, really not so good ones. And yeah, no, we appreciate that, that non-bias. Yeah, just to um, follow up on that, like, you know, something that um, that they mentioned to us in like the preseason meeting is, um, sorry, by they, I mean, um, people from the league who were talking to us about broadcasting and, you know, the rules and regulations and whatnot. Um, but something that they mentioned that's this is not a rule. This is just like a note of just like how important our word is on the broadcast for all of these players. Like we, we can certainly be the reason why a kid gets recruited, you know, why a kid gets noticed on the broadcast by, you know, any coaches or scouts or whoever, whoever's watching these games. So that's why, like, I think that both Kyle and I pride ourselves on being very, very um, impartial and, you know, giving props when it is absolutely due, you know, um, 
there's definitely there's definitely been plenty of times this season where you know goalies have made unbelievable plays and it doesn't matter which team it's on you know we're we're happy to point it out um i just remembered actually when we just played we played rock springs as our most recent home series last month and um jory boyd had i want to say four goals in the final game and he was just all over the ice and just an unbelievable player you know for uh, that was for rock springs so you know, it's very easy to just love the game of hockey and just want to see these kids put on a show. You know, ideally it would be for your team, but sometimes it isn't. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing to remember is that, again, not only are the families listening and scouts listening and teams listening, the players watch, the players rewatch. And so it's already tough enough if you're playing junior hockey you know, it's usually your first time away from home if you've chosen, if you're, you know, not lucky enough to, I think Tyler Hansen's from Medford, but if you're not lucky enough to be playing in like your hometown, um, you have to travel away to play junior hockey. And, you know, you don't know where people's, you know, where people are at in their lives. And so maybe those one or two negative comments, it's like, you know what, why am I playing this anymore? I quit. Yeah. You know, it's like, those those negative comments can go a lot farther and a lot deeper than um, that people would think. So that's why, like the online bullies and shoot. Uh, speaking of, uh, I won't mention the team, but a team that's incredibly successful in the West um, did suffer one of their very very few losses recently, and some of the comments on their Insta, Instagram page, I was just like, whoa, take it back a notch. <laughs> like, like take, a, take a breath. First of all, it's junior hockey. B, I think the team's suffering massive, like, um, injury issues and uh, illness that's just running through a team like every team has experienced this year at one point or another. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, things are going to happen. Um, but, uh People read these comments. People hear the comments from the broadcasters. And that's why, like, on our podcast, we're never going to say anything negative um, directly about a player. We want to be a player-focused podcast and bring out the positive aspects. If, you know, if basically, if you know you shit the bed on a play, you probably, again, not only do you may be familiar with it, uh, it's probably been pointed out on multiple, like, uh, video coaching sessions uh, by the team. You don't need to hear about it on a podcast, too. Yeah. Exactly. You learned from it already. Uh, for us, it's about pulling out those like those moments from like a Bartokovics or a Hansen. All right, guys, there's so much talent around the USPHL uh, West this year. It's un- it's incredible, um, which I will say again before we do wrap up this episode. Next episode in a couple days will be the top 10 standouts per position for the USPHL West goalies. And then the others, you know, because the goalies are really the most important. But the other guys are pretty cool. Um, but we will do the ten stand-up positions for defenders, forwards, and goalies uh, here in a couple of days. So be sure to listen out for that. But, um, but yeah, that's what we like to focus on is the, you know, the ten standouts, not the – yeah, not what some of these broadcasters end up putting out there on the air. You know what's funny is you just reminded me of another player. Like, like there's – there's a handful of players I also could have mentioned in terms of you know players I'm excited to see step on the ice um, for these Royals. But another player who just like, it doesn't show up as much in the box score, but you have to see him play 
is Blaze Ebbinghaus on on defense. He he just has such a hockey IQ that he makes so many great defensive plays. He's got amazing speed and you know, he's just another player I wanted to shout out on here because I love watching him play. It's hard not to be excited when I see him back on the D-line and you know, just stopping stopping everybody left and right no matter how he's not the biggest guy, so he's he, no matter how tall they are, he's ready to to stop anybody basically. Um but you know, stuff like that where it's like it's just it's very easy to give these players props as opposed to wanting to say something negative, you know? Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I look forward to seeing how this team progresses, not only the rest of this season, going into the future. Um, hopefully some of these players get noticed. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's only year one. It's only year one of the Rogue Valley Royals. So there's a there's a bright future ahead for sure. Absolutely. All right, boys, we Steve, better you're wrap still with this. us. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm still here. So <laughs> you better wrap it on up here, though. Got yeah. uh, got a few things to do, and I'm sure Sam, uh, as tying you up for three hours, was not in your agenda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I, we gotta have a warning, like a warning thing that just goes out on automatically. Uh, we'll talk hockey for hours. Uh, be prepared to, you know, be prepared for this one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anyone listened back to the uh, Heath Goldsmith episode, it literally had we called it the three-hour tour because after the regular episode, we literally went on talking for three hours, and you can go back and listen to that one. Um, it was a very fun episode, but uh, we're, we're trying not to repeat that um, often, if ever. Like, we're trying to keep these under an hour. But, uh, no, we do appreciate you, Sam, for jumping on um, and uh, all you listeners for tuning in. And if you're still listening to this bonus episode, awesome. Definitely be sure to listen for the regular episode in just a couple days. Uh, again, we'll be talking about the 10 standout players per position in the USPHO Premier West. So if you're a scout, a GM, a coach, um, if you're if you're a college scout looking for some O2s that are going to be aging out, definitely listen in. And if you're an NCDC or a NAL program uh, looking to better your team for the upcoming season, O3s, O5s will all be on this list as well. So definitely give it a listen. And uh, if we're talking about them, you should be noticing them. But uh, we do thank you all for tuning in. There is no puck noise at the end of this episode because it's an unedited episode. But uh, thank you all for listening in and Sam for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'd love to be back again at some point. Um, and I look forward to hearing your top 10 uh, players by position. You know, maybe I'll see a couple of Royals on there, I think. You may. You just may. <laughs> but uh, all right, Steve, Sam. Y'all have a good one, and everyone else, drive safe, go to bed, finish your workout. Whatever. Have a drink and do. have a drink for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it's too early in the morning for you. <laughs> or both of you, actually. It's, what, 1030 at night here, so it's, what is it then, 12? And what's ten, it's, ten, it's, ten, it's 1030 somewhere else in the world, my friend. <laughs> that it is, that is. All right. All right. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Later.